Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Download. You're catching us at a good time. Uh, we're going to spend the next two weeks really doing a reflection of our podcast over the last two years. Uh, Travis and I, we've been doing this podcast for about two years now, and uh, we've, we've really put out a lot of content, and we hope that each and every one of you that have listened um, have really found value in this leadership content. Um, so we're going to be doing a, a, a reflection for some of the podcasts that uh, we got a great feedback on, that got great reviews, uh, just to kind of reflect on um, the last two years that we've been providing content. So we hope you enjoyed this reflection uh, both this week and next week. And uh, we'll be back with some new content in uh, right at the start of the new year. So enjoy. Thank you. All right. Well, the first episode that we're going to do some reflections on is the, our, the most viewed episode, the most watched on every channel, uh, Spotify, Apple, YouTube. Uh, it's called Dealing with Difficult Employees. We found this one was a popular topic, and we actually discussed this topic uh, several times in in recent months and uh, just wanted to show you a clip and um, Travis and I will do some uh, reflections on it. Dealing with difficult employees really starts with us as the leader, as the manager. You know, some, most of the time when we struggle to connect with an employee or we have a rebellious employee, we, we tend to want to place 100% of the blame on, on that person. And we don't want to take any ownership in, in trying to make that situation better. So really the, the number one way I think that we can begin to curb those those issues with those troubled employees is to learn to listen you know most of the time when we when we encounter a difficult employee or or maybe a difficult personality or someone that we just don't connect well with we make a really dire mistake as managers and as leaders often what happens is we 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 begin to push these people away and we and we close ourselves off from them and what what ends up happening is instead of trying to listen to them and understand what's going on in their world, we tend to push them further away in, in, a, like in a state of avoidance. But the best managers are, are constant, constantly attentive. They're always trying to figure out the, the best way they can help their employees. And that really starts with being able to listen. You know, in my career, some of the most difficult employees that I've ever had, really, I, I was really able to uh, bridge the gap with them by truly listening to what their problems were, what their what was their current situation in their lives, and that made that that uh, relationship a little easier to uh, to connect with that person. Yeah, Cameron, man, it's so it's so weird looking at you know the how much we've grown since you know the beginning of starting this podcast. You know, now we're at episode fifty, and we're just we just keep plugging along. But you know the the idea behind what we were talking about in that episode, and I believe why it's such a uh, a hot topic and why it's been so popular for us is the fact that, you know, we all have to deal with difficult employees at some level, even, even entry level people have to deal with some sort of conflict or some sort of uh, a problem, you know, employee. So, you know, the subject, the subject is, is something that I think we'll be talking about for the rest, for the rest of our lives and probably for the rest of our, our children's lives and probably way beyond that. But, you know, the idea behind it is, is is understanding that at the end of the day, 
as managers, our natural tendency is going to be we want to distance ourselves from the team. We don't want to begin to know the intricacies of our team. And that that when we do that, it starts to put us in a position where we can't relate to our employees. We can't build the relationships that are necessary. And oftentimes, you know, as, as I stated in the video, is we 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 wouldn't have the problems that we have if we just learned to ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Travis. And then you mentioned all I heard was listening, 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 listening. That's so key yeah. as a leader. And can't stress that enough, especially when dealing with difficult employees. You always want to listen and not be quick to defend because that just is so non-productive. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the whole command and control model is is slowly becoming outdated. And, and, you know, employees, you know, team members, I like to call them, you know, team members, they're, they're demanding a relationship with their boss. Mm-hmm. They 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 see it as a necessity where, you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago, um, you know, people saw a boss as something that was in the ivory tower. Nowadays, people are seeing, I mean, even in these multi-billion dollar companies that you see Mark Zuckerberg down on the floor coding with his team. He's right there in the middle of everything going on in the organization that he's not allowing that separation because he knows that as a leader, he has to lead from a position of relationships, um, and, and you can't you can't lead. You can see the issues that are happening with Amazon. A lot of those issues that are happening with Amazon are because of the lack of relationship to the employee. They 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 view their their employees differently, and the the new generation that's in the workforce now is now demanding that this isn't we're not we're not willing to work this way. Mm-hmm. We're unwilling to work this way. So either you change or we're not going to work for you anymore. So, you know, dealing with difficult employees, it starts with listening. It starts yeah. with listening. And and if we can master that, we can, man, we can, we can be leaps and, leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else uh, yeah. in the, in, on this subject. And sometimes that's the root of the problem that you have a difficult employee is all they want to do is just be heard and feel relevant. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and that doesn't take a whole lot of work. It just takes some time sitting down and listening and, and and building those relationships. And, you know, that is ultimately what I believe managers are these these days. They are relationship builders. They're building relationships with customers. They're building relationships with employees. And they're, they're building influence to be able to lead their team in the direction they need to go. Quite simply, that's what that's what managers do in 2022. Mm-hmm. So as we jump into our next clip, this uh, this clip comes from episode seven, how to how to handle negative feedback. And as we stated in the beginning of this podcast, you know, the idea behind how we chose these were based on how you guys uh, responded to the different subjects, the different podcasts. So this was a major, uh, a major conversation piece. And it was it was so we had a great conversation here. Cameron, roll the clip. Yeah, feedback is is what helps us get better at leaders, and it's so important to be able to receive feedback and give feedback uh, properly and in a positive manner. And this is something that I struggle with as well as uh, being uh, a young leader, where people try to undermine my ability um, and effectiveness as a leader. And feedback, as you mentioned, can be something to help you become a better leader. Uh, you mentioned blind spots. 
that's so critical in our leadership is to be able to go to those people that you trust. It could be your boss. It could be people at your level. It could be people that you lead that you trust and say, hey, um, you know, how am I doing? How are things going? Um, is there anything that I can improve upon? And it's oh, the only reason why you want that is to help yourself get better. Um, and you want to start seeing feedback as a good thing and start getting ideas from people around you on how you can get better. You know, this this is another great subject that I think every leader and really every person needs to be uh, immersed into at some point is how to handle negative feedback. I think we live um, in, a, in a day and age where negative feedback is sometimes viewed as something that's 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 really that's a bad thing. But, you know, I always preface this. I always listen to all feedback, no matter what. But the reality is behind it. And I think we talked about it later on in this episode on that in that episode was that, you know, the feedback that I take to heart, the feedback that I really let let affect me is the feedback from trusted individuals. I don't allow all feedback to affect me the same way. I think there's something to be learned from from everything that's all feedback that's given to you. But I don't think all feedback deserves the same respect or the same amount of our attention. You know, so as we grow, we will we will build relationships with people who we trust, who we believe that can provide us with the good with good feedback. And these will be people that we can lean into. And when they provide us with that, that feedback, we need to re- we can honor them by by going back and actually listening to what they have to say. Because you got to remember, anytime someone provides you with some type of negative feedback, especially if they care about you, they're taking a risk of bringing that to you. They're bringing that to you because they care about you. They care about what you know your your, your performance. So when you're handling negative feedback. Take it at different levels based off of your relationship with that person. Yeah, and especially uh, when you are dealing with a team, oftentimes team members will constantly provide you feedback of how things are going, whether positive or negative. And one thing that uh, you don't want to fall short of is to just um, ignore ignore their whatever that feedback is, whether positive or negative. You want to make sure that you acknowledge them, take it for what it is, and if it's you just need to make that 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 person heard, whether it's a colleague, your team member, your superior, your mentor. Um, and then there's some that you're going to have to actually take seriously is when you get those types of feedback. And you'll know when it's something where you have to act on or shift or it's probably something that you're doing wrong, could be a habit of yours. Um, you'll know when it's time to take that feedback seriously and actually do something about it. Yeah, oftentimes, you know, if I hear repeated feedback in the same area from multiple sources, then you know, you know, whether you believe it to be true or not, whether you trust it or not, that's when I really start looking and wanting to deep dive into the situation and trying to figure out what is what is the true root issue here, because um, at that point, you begin to you begin to figure out, you know, hey, there's there's some issues here. But, you know, on the flip side of this also is is don't take advice from everybody. Mm-hmm. Don't take advice from everybody. You don't have to, you don't have to listen to everybody's feedback. You know, you, you take it and you use the wisdom that God has given you to figure out if that is the, the right step for you or not. All right. And the next episode that we're going to provide some reflections on is one that we got really good feedback on 
was episode 12, which was called Leading on Empty. And this was based off a book by Wayne Cordero. Uh, he wrote it. It's called Leading on Empty. So we will uh, roll the clip, and uh, here we go. There's nothing wrong with, with, with working hard. There's nothing work wrong with the hustle and, and, and trying to uh, make a difference and, and getting your name out there and building credibility. But at the same time, like you said, Cameron, uh, you, you didn't leave any time for, your, for yourself. You didn't leave any time for a recovery period. And while that may, you, you may impress some people in the short term, the reality is you can't maintain that speed. You can't maintain that forever. At some point, it's going to be a, uh, there's going to be a crash. You know, I, I've had a few, few leaders on my team since where um, I've had operations managers come in or, or different leader, you know, different leadership positions come in under me. And they're so eager to jump into the game and, and, and they want to do everything and they want to make a difference and they want to change the work. They want to change the way the business is run and they're doing a great job. But I, I still come back to that, that, that fact of that reminding them that, Hey, you know, you're doing a great job. I'm thankful for your effort, but I want you to remember there's going to come a time where you're going to, you're going to meet a wall <laughs> And at this speed, it's going to be a very ugly crash, and you're you're not going to make it through it. So, yeah, this was a really interesting topic. Uh, it was based off of, as I mentioned, the book "Leading on Empty," and it's really, I think, this really takes it back to looking at yourself as a leader and what you doing. What are you doing to fill your tank? What are you doing to keep yourself renewed in your leadership role? Because um, leadership can be both very rewarding but also very draining. Um, a lot of focus can go on into your, your financials, your end product, the services that you offer, taking care of your people, and that you forget about yourself. And I think looking after yourself first and, and making that a priority first, making sure that you're able to have that proper balance where you're able to be healthy for your team. Because if you're not healthy for your team, it's it you're going to bring your team down and you're not going to be there to support your team. If, if you're staying up till three, four in the morning, and I know both Travis and I have done this before for work. Um, if you're up till three or four in the morning and you show up at work at 8 a.m. and you're just completely drained where you can't even handle a conversation with your team, that's a real issue. Um, so it's, it's so important to keep this as a priority um, is to be in tune with yourself, in tune with how are you feeling, how tired you are, are you refreshed? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you being productive, intentional in your day to day and focusing on yourself first? I think, you know, one of the, one of the things I thought about as I was listening to this clip is, you know, as we have this discussion in, you know, in the, the, the field of work that we, we work in, you know, the, the, the response you're going to get to that is, you know, Hey, there are seasons of time. You know, in the FBO world, you know, you look at it, there are, the, you know, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl weekend. Uh, there are major holiday destinations. There are golf tournaments that determine that a location just absolutely explodes for a weekend. And there's probably three or four days where, you know, the, the management team probably doesn't sleep that much. They're, they're, they're running around the clock. 
Um, or, you know, there's a time of the season with, with even in, you know, the commercial aviation business where things pick up and they're very busy and it's, it's very demanding. But my response to people then is, okay, you know, I understand that there's going to be potential seasons of time that you may have to, uh, that you may have to kind of gun it out a little bit more. You may have to run a little harder than normal, but make sure that's only a season of time. And what I mean by a season of time is make sure that's maybe a block of days that you understand, okay, I had to grind it out for the next couple of days because of the demand of what's going on. The problem in what we see when we talk about burnout is that people getting to that grinding mentality and they never, ever get out of it. Mm-hmm. They never step away from, they never step away from the work. And then that's when the burnout happens. That's when the divorces happen. That's when the relationships begin to, to sever. That's when you start you start doing poor work because you're you're suddenly not able to produce good work because your 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 even your judgment is is impaired. So as we talk about you know this idea of leading on leading on empty, you know we we have a responsibility to ourselves of knowing when to hit the pause button and knowing when to refresh, but also knowing when. Hey, I've got to run. I got to run for hard for the next couple of days. But then on the other side of this. I'm going to have, I'm going to take some time off and I'm going to intentionally get away. I've known people who, you know, there's certain months of the year that their businesses ramp up very hard and they, you know, they're working 12 hour days, Monday through Friday for two months, but then that's followed up by a month and a half to two months of working four to five hours a day. And they're going to, they're going to get some of that back. So they know it's easier. It, it, they know there's a season for that, and they know. But the the problem is, is a lot of people they get out of the season, but they still maintain the pace, and that's not sustainable in the long run. Yeah, Travis, you hit on something about work life balance, and someone told me this term a couple of weeks ago. I think it was at a conference I was at. It's like it's not work life balance; it's having that life work balance, where you're able to have um, that balance of you know doing what you really enjoy. Uh, your hobbies, what's your social life, family, you know, making sure that you keep those a priority. And then you don't get so engrossed in your day-to-day work where you're almost defined by what you do rather than who you are as a person. Because I've been in that situation where you've been so ingrained in work that you've almost lost like who you are and everything and anything that you do is just work. And that's how you're defined as you want to be defined as, you know, who you are outside of the work at workplace, Right. How much time are you yeah. spending with your family? How much time? What are you doing on your social life? What hobbies do you like to do? Um, and also taking that time off that you need because uh, burnout burnout is is not a fun place to be at because once you reach burnout, um, it 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 impacts you not only physically, mentally, but it impacts like you mentioned, Travis, your relationships as well, and some of those those really important key relationships in your life. Yeah, one thing one thing I'll, I'll add to that, you know, is is keep in mind, especially in a world where uh, working from home is becoming more of a common uh, common issue. Common issue, you know. Here I am. I've been home for the last couple of weeks, recovering from knee surgery. And one thing I have found is, you know, yeah, there's there's work in the office that maybe is having to be done by someone else. But because I'm working from home and because I still have my computer. I actually find myself potentially working more hours sitting behind my computer at home than I would actually going to the office. So 
make sure that even even during these times of transition where people are are working from home that you are stepping away from the computer you know and and being fair to yourself and to your family during these times um because it's so easy to, to eat dinner and then jump right back on the computer and continue working when if you were in an office an office setting you would be doing that so all these things come into the balance of of, of getting that right you know life to work balance like you said cameron to getting it right but uh we can't lead on empty so we have to we have to uh treat ourselves delicately all the time so our next episode we want to uh show a clip from today is episode 19 how you show up matters cameron roll the clip all right so you, you know you hear these buzzwords you hear about employee engagement and and really the easiest way to to drive and to maintain engagement with your employees is to be there side by side with them and one of the first things i do every morning when i walk into the office i go through and i, I say hi to every employee i check in with them see if they need any help with anything make sure that things are, are running smoothly and then i can go ahead and, and get into the things that i need to get into knowing that you know, I, I'm I'm there for the team, and and if they need me, I'm, my my door's open for them. Yeah, I mean, Robert said it best. You know, being that not only the go-to person for support, but being there in the front line really means a lot. You know, as a young leader, you know, you always have some good role models, and then you also have some bad role models, and in between that, you then decipher which one you want to emulate. And I think. You know, with everything going on in the world and everything going on in the workforce right now, it's do you have sympathy? Can you put yourself in their shoes? And that's really big, you know. Stopping and saying hi. Even though you you know you have ten emails you gotta get to, that really does mean a lot. Monday morning, first thing. Oh, you asked about my weekend. Thank you, right? And then you move on and proceed. It really really makes an impact. Hmm. Yeah, this was an interesting one on a topic on how you show up matters because it is something so important. This is something that I noticed when I first got into the workforce. First job is my boss. He would not even go to his office when he came to to the workplace. He would not even unlock his office, go in there, drop anything. First thing he would go to was where the employees were. He would check on us, spend some time with us look at what's going on for the day, check how we were, check how the supervisors were doing. It was, used to be sometimes it would be almost an hour before he got to the office because he was so focused on making sure that it, that the team knew he was around. It wasn't just the first thing that he was going to do is go drop off his stuff in the office, put up the computer and start emails because who knows when he's going to get out of the office then. Mm -hmm. um, instead, he started with the people first. And that's something that I've always tried to emulate since seeing that, you know, that type of role model is um, showing up and making sure that that the employees you're, and your people know and your team knows that you are truly there for them. And I think small actions like that, um, even what Robert was saying is just, making the intention saying hi and showing up uh and i think being just having that physical presence and sometimes you don't even have to say a word you just are present and just be in that employee common area and just mm -hmm. listen because even that makes a difference when you're just listening to the conversations i remember there's one place i worked where i sometimes would say very little and i, I would just listen and take notes in my head because those are was important for me to kind of know what was going on and what the vibes were in the room. 
Man, Cameron, what you just said is so true. I can't, I can't count how many revelations that I've come to of issues or figured out, found out there was an issue to begin with. Like I did, I, I would have never seen it, would have never thought of it this way, would have never believed it. But, you know, just spending a few minutes in a break room or just spending a few minutes talking to a, a new employee or, or, or even an employee who's been around for a long time, just having those open conversations, um, it, it opens so many doors to, um, to, to allowing you to kind of see what the challenge, the true challenges are. And you, most of the time, and, and this is, it goes back to that old adage of problems are solved the closest to, to the problem, right? You know, and a lot of the reasons why are like the federal government's a mess, any government's a mess is because problems are trying to be solved at a, at a high level when it's really the people who are on the ground that can give you the exp give you an explanation. The reality is, you know, my mechanic, my my supervisor, my my fueler, my agent, whatever you want to whoever it is who's out there day in and day out, they can tell you, hey, you know, if you were to put a, a screw right there and hold this hold this little you know, widget up, this would make the job this much easier. Well, I just spent 20 cents on a screw and, and made everybody happy. Well, I wouldn't have known that if unless I start asking questions and start seeing mm -hmm. what people people need. Oftentimes we never do that. So we make that that's one of our biggest mistakes is we're not we don't we don't show up or when we do show up, we we have a presence that is intimidating and people don't want to talk to us. That that's one of it's usually one or the other. So we want to be approach. We want to have that approachable attitude. We want to want to be able to communicate with our team so that we can get the most out of our our time with our people. Well, we hope you enjoyed this part one of reflecting on our podcast for the last two years that we've been delivering uh, leadership content to you. Um, catch us next week, next Wednesday, seven p.m. Eastern time. Uh, for part two on our reflections. We'll be reviewing some other episodes that we found uh, that had good feedback and added value uh, to you all. So we'll catch you on the next one for part two.